you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. <laughs> Gorgeous. Can you believe it's been a whole week? <laughs> I know. Those seven days have flown by. We're going to get on with the podcast in a minute. But before we do that, obviously, we have our brilliant guest, Charlie Higson, coming up. But we, we have a little extra special treat for you. We've got a surprise mystery guest. Oh, I bet you can't guess who it is. <sighs> Please, will you welcome... All six foot four and a half of him. It's Ross Abbott! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for coming, Russ. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming. How have you been? Oh, what an atmosphere. I love a party with a happy oh, atmosphere. It, it feels oh. like you're in the way there, Russ. Yeah. You can guard the prizes, Russ. Yes, can guard, the prizes. guard the prizes. Thank you. For us. In your 007 suit. Probably the real Russ is in Barbados right now. You'd hope so, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. I, I saw him in a curry house in, I want to say Wakefield. I want you to once. say Wakefield. <laughs> 
So I didn't know how tall he was because he was sitting down eating a, a Rogan Josh. <laughs> I assume it's a Rogan Josh. He looks like a Rogan Josh, lad. He does. He does. He looks like he likes it spicy. <laughs> Russ, what? if you're listening, please write in to confirm <laughs> any of these things. My first ever TV appearance was on Russ Abbott's Christmas special. Wonderful. Yeah, so we go back a long way. You and your empire line, wasn't it? I was. I was in a, a clip. I was in a corset doing a, it was a parody of Pride and Prejudice and I played one of the sisters of, so Mr. Bradford and Mr. Bingley were the suitors and Bella Emberg was my mum and, you know, I love my real mum but I think I love Bella a little bit more. Wow. I feel like that that would have been a dream of mine mm. in my in my childhood. She was lovely. Oh, yeah, they were all lovely. Les Dennis, that's how I first met Les Dennis. Oh. <sighs> anyway, memory. Anyway, we're doing a podcast. We Lisa. are doing Shall a podcast. We do it? Yes. So, welcome to another edition of Fingers on Buzzers. I like to keep you on your toes. Oh, you're an awful tease, Jen. You really are. So we are back at the Museum of Comedy, one of our very favourite places. Uh, we have a cardboard cutout of Russ Abbott next to us for reasons we don't need to explain. Just good luck. Just the luck of the Abbott is with us tonight. Um, we have got another brilliant guest to introduce to you. But before we do that, what we thought we'd do is warm you up with a little bit of a quiz. So obviously, you now all know what the podcast is about. But... The new book uh, that we've brought out. I was going to start in the shops now. In shops, also available as an e-book and an audio book. Oh, that was that was fun doing an audio book. Yeah, we sat there. Apparently, um, I sat in the same seat that Lee from Blue once sat in, <laughs> and he uh, didn't really understand the concept of the audio book. Read three paragraphs and left. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Anthony had to keep it all together, didn't he? He did. You know, he's in Mamma Mia, the party now, and he is holding that all together. What yeah. an absolute star. Well done, Anthony. I'm going to rank the members of Blue. Anthony's <laughs> right up there. <laughs> I can only rank. rank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to treat us to an extract? I am. I'm go- are you sitting comfortably? Because I shall begin. So one of the rounds that we cover in our book, it's a little fun round called Who? is older and this is one you can use in your quizzes at home Uh, it's very easy to find the ages of celebrities these days also their net worth which is (laughs) yeah don't trust that net worth website how much is your net worth uh 3.8 million yeah 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 uh, yeah, melt me down for parts, you won't get that. <laughs> <laughs> so, who is older? We've started you off in the book with a few suggestions, so I'm going to try them on the audience here tonight. Who is older? And you get a point for guessing who is older and a bonus mark if you get the right age gap. Okay, so, who is older, Kevin Costner or Kevin Keegan? Kevin Keegan. 72. He's 72, is he? It's looking good on it. Well, now, so who did you say was older? Kevin Keegan, yeah. And how many years is he older than Kevin Costner? We want the differential. Four is the correct answer. Magnificent. Well done. Would you like a prize for that? Oh, yes. Chocolate or booze or a game? Uh, Booze. Booze. You get, um, it's an off-brand tin of gin and tonic by that well-known vodka brand, Grayson's. (laughs) Grayson's. <laughs> Shut that door. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's spelled incorrectly for that, sadly. 
You'll never shut that door. Uh, let's give you another. Who is older, and by how much? Susan Boyle or Danny Boyle? That's a cracker, that one. Mm. Danny by five is wrong. Danny is right. I'll give you that. Seven. No. Danny, Danny Boyle was at school at the same time as my dad. Okay. But I think he was in fifth year when my dad was in first year. So he's probably 68, nine years older than Susan Boyle. He's not. He's four. Someone in the audience said it. Well done. Four I was years. trying to work it out with science, but I it know, was well very done. poor, wasn't it? We, we appreciate the effort. Who is older, Timmy Mallet or Jimmy Nail? <laughs> That's got you thinking, hasn't it? Nail by three. This has divided the room. It Mallet really versus has. Nail. The old enemies. Well, at I, it hope, again. I hope Timmy Mallet isn't listening because he is younger. <gasps> so Jimmy Nail is older, but he's only older by one year. Wow. So I'm afraid nobody got that so one. So we, we're thrown off because his career took off after Mallet's, really, didn't it? In a, in a big that's way. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Way. The crocodile shoes years. I've read the same pet. Yeah, that's true. I've read the same pet. Mallet's Mallet. Spender. Anyway, good. Um, <laughs> Bob Ballerina. Let's just. <laughs> um, let us try. Who is older, Lucy Lou or Lucy Porter? <laughs> Be very careful. <laughs> Oh, I love you. <laughs> it's the wrong answer, but you're going to get a prize. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's Lucy Lou by four years, but I think you deserve the prize. The prize is a hug from chocolate Lucy. Or, chocolate or booze or a game? Booze. We're, booze. Out, we're out of booze. We're out of booze. I'm afraid. You, j just throw him some bounties. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest thing. It's basically a, a pina colada, but Right, we've got no enough booze. prizes to give away one more, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Who is older, Jenny Ryan or Ryan Gosling? <laughs> just shamelessly trying to curry favour now aren't you well done uh, it is Ryan Gosling and the correct answer was two okay no Tom got that and he's part of the show so he's not allowed to have a prize we've decided <laughs> Well, um, I think we'll leave it there, but congratulations to everyone in the audience. And what a lovely idea for a round that you can come up, come up with at home. Exactly, because the Fingers on Buzzers book is all about giving you ideas for ways to organise your own quizzes at home with your family, friends, colleagues or loved ones. Or enemies. Or enemies. It's up to you. <laughs> Quiz with who you want, we, we don't judge. So that was your little warm-up quiz. But without further ado, let's introduce the main event of the evening. Yeah. I was so excited to bring this person to the stage. Actor, comedian, writer, podcast host. There is nothing he can't do. And he is a diamond and a gorgeous person to boot. Please, will you give it up for Charlie Higson? Join us. Thank you very much. Pop yourself down, Charlie. It is I noticed, actually, that yeah. Russ, the cardboard cutout of Russ Abbott got a bigger round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't ever recorded a song called Atmosphere. I know, that's where I've gone wrong. But you have been a pop star. In fact, that's where you started, wasn't it? Pop star. I did, yes. In the, the beginning of the 80s, when I left university, I, I was a pop singer for, for six years, yes. 
And uh, I've seen video footage and you look... Where's fa- this going? Fabulous. <laughs> I've got a little quiz question I could do for the oh, audience, right. actually. So Charlie's band, The Higsons. I think you're number four in the indie chart. One. With Oh, you went to number one in the indie chart with... I've got a specific song in mind, which was a cover version. Ah, uh, right. So yours was a hit in 84, I think. And seven... T- oh, hello. Right, we've got a Higsons fan in. Good. Yeah. Keeping it so that was 83, was it? Good it was. God, I couldn't have told you what. There you go. <laughs> Suddenly tipped. But you did a cover version of a song that was a hit for an American artist. Should we throw that open to the audience? It was an Andy Williams song that had been a hit in 74, I want to say. Oh. Maybe a bit early in that, I'm not sure. Um, and it is music to watch. <laughs> you all got a point. Well done. Well done. That one actually char- uh, charted in the official charts. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, 72. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've never got to number 72 in the charts, and I never will, so I'm very impressed. So um, the first time I met you, we were at a comic art festival in the Lake District, and we fell to chatting, as I do with everyone, about quizzing. Which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's catchphrase after catchphrase with you. We love it. And you had some quite strong opinions and views about quizzing you'd been involved in. <laughs> well, yes, probably. But I have no idea what, what, we, what, we, what I said to you. Well, the thing that we, everyone on this show always gets worked up about is if you've done pointless celebrities and you've been paired with people... Yes. ..they can sometimes let you down. Ed Byrne. Yes. <laughs> The dread foe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've done Pointless Celebrities many, many times. I do love the show. Sometimes they say, oh, who would you like to be partnered with? And they give you a choice. Mm. Um, and having done University Challenge, where we, we did well, actually, my old university, University of Estonia, we got to, it was either the semi-final or the, no, it was the semi-final, I think where we finally came up against one of the Oxbridge teams and they absolutely slaughtered us. And um, Rachel Johnson, sister of he who cannot be named, um, <laughs> was on their team and, and they asked me one year, you know, you, could, you can choose between so-and-so and so-and-so or Rachel. So, yeah, Rachel Johnson, I'll have her. So we partnered up and did very well. Other times you're kind of just given someone. Mm. And I don't know whether they try and do a sort of um, a handicap system. <laughs> <laughs> to hold back the better contestants, but I was certainly handicapped on one episode, which I must have just done quite recently when we met. Yes. I mean, are you prepared to give names or shall we just consult the archives to find out? You can consult the archives because I have wiped her name from my memory. <laughs> well, I know who I it can, is. I know what the answer she gave was. Okay. <laughs> you can tell he's a real quizzer he remembers the wrong answer pointless the first two rounds are killers because it's you know you can be on for the show on you've, you've spoken for about 30 seconds and if you go out in one of the first two rounds you don't have a chance to talk to each other and think things through it's bang and 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 you're gone mm. so it's pretty brutal getting through those first two rounds this is going to be a very long anecdote <laughs> No, love it. I love it because I can tell you're going to get really cross and I love so, that. So we'd, <laughs> we'd got... I had given a pointless answer and my... What do you call them? Team... Co-team I member? call them my pointless husbands, but... I, right, you know. my pointless wife 
<laughs> so, so my pointless wife. That's a good sitcom title, isn't it? Um, she, she had misread the room. Mm. She thought, oh, Charlie's got a pointless answer. We're through. What she hadn't spotted is that the other contestants were down in like the threes and the fours. You know, it was eponymous characters and you could go with Shakespeare plays, Wagner operas, which of what I went with <laughs> and got zero, zero, a pointless answer of a parcel. Uh, <laughs> or Beatrix Potter's characters. And the others had all given Shakespeare characters quite big names, like Henry V, and they were getting like seven or eight points. And she came out with the classic line that nobody wants to hear your pointless partner say. <laughs> do they still do the... Covid screens. Covid screens. Not anymore. No. Well, it prevented me from throwing myself at her. <laughs> <laughs> but also it felt slightly like you were cut off because she, she, she came out with a line you'd never want to hear, I'm going to play it safe. Oh, no, 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 no. Which means giving a really stupid answer. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to go for Beatrix Potter. And I'm thinking, OK, you know, maybe something like Jeremy Fisher might get a low enough score. And what did she say? Peter Rabbit. <laughs> and that, those two words are burned into my heart. When she said Peter Rabbit, I thought, oh, God. I'd better book my Uber now. <laughs> and it would have been particularly painful going to Bowness where they have the Peter Rabbit and Friends Museum. Yes, that's right. We met we met by the Beatrix yeah. Potter Museum, so I think that was what had made you particularly angry about it. But it's I mean, I have to say though, as angry as you are, you have just secured yourself a role as Farmer McGregor in the next Peter Rabbit film. <laughs> Because I've never heard Peter Rabbit said with such contempt and loathing. In well, I, I had to stop myself because I don't know what your rules are on, on swearing, but it was going to be Peter Rabbit. <laughs> well, our first live episode, we had Nick Helm. So um, <laughs> it wasn't the biggest swearer of the night. That no, was Lucy. No. Yeah, Nick I called... fucking Helm. <laughs> <laughs> but I called John Humphreys a and uh, that was... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, all right. To, sorry, I've done that twice. All right, now. the gloves are off now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so you've had your disappointments in quizzing, but you have had your triumphs as well. Yes. Yeah. What have been your proudest moments in quiz? Go on, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did the, ch the chase. It was one of those times where you, th where you think, this is what show business is all about. I had on the team Andy Peters, that very nice female hockey player. Sam Quack. Sam Quack, that's it. Basil Brush. <laughs> <laughs> it really was bum bum. <laughs> and of course, people were only interested in Basil Brush. <laughs> it was like when I did um, Never Mind the Buzzcocks. I only did it once with Jedward. <laughs> that was is anyone interested in me? No. That is a vintage episode, though. <laughs> so, so, of course. And, but I think Basil Brush has done it since. He has, less successfully. Yeah. I well, think that he, there was a key to that team. He didn't have me on the team. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, they think, who do we, uh, who do we put as the, the, the chaser against Basil Brush? And it, of course, had to be the Vixen. The Vixen versus the Fox. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and it was a right ding-dong battle. Andy Peters pumped up Andy yeah, Peters as hench. he is now. Yeah. <laughs> and he went for it. He went for, I'm going to take on the big money. 
And I encouraged him, I think. <laughs> and he went off to get his Uber. <laughs> but the rest of you hang, hung around to the final. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we, 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 uh, we won. Yes. Yes. I think you can take most of the glory. I, yeah, well, I'm not I wouldn't sure about like what Basil was that good at pressing the buzzer. Well, Basil. <laughs> see, the, <laughs> guy, the guy operating Basil is lying on the floor under the desk, working the buzzer with his knee and his side, with his hand up inside Basil. So Basil is pretending to do the buzzer while he's down there working it with his knee. He's trying to perform as Basil Brush, say funny things, answer questions, operate a puppet, and bang the buzzer with his knee. <laughs> so I was actually, you know, that, talk about handicap. I mean, it, it was, <laughs> that was hard for him. So I was actually impressed that he, he, that he did as well as he did. But he didn't do as well as me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always, I mean, we love to see Jenny win, but we also love to see the charities getting the money. And I know that she's very <laughs> magnanimous. She's not mm. looking at it now, but she's very magnanimous. I mean, that show is, is pretty brutal, isn't it? Because, you know, the celebrity one, it, it, you know, it's for charity. You chase us, you go for it, don't you? You don't... We're, we're, we're there to win. Yeah. That's in our contract, signed in blood. You are there. <laughs> to do your very best to win every single time. You can't let anything slip whatsoever. Yeah. You can't feel sympathy for foxes. <laughs> or for children in need. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If they're that in need, they should get better at quizzes. Win their own money. <laughs> She's very much the Suella Braverman of the... Uh... <laughs> Now, that is a fantastic pub quiz question, though, isn't it? Suella Braverman. Mm. Who is she named after? Oh, I don't know. Sue Ellen from Dallas, yes. What? That is a great pub that quiz question. Brilliant. That's a great one, isn't it? Yeah, no, her parents were huge Dallas fans, <laughs> and they genuinely named her after Sue Ellen. The I tragic mean, they... alcoholic. <laughs> well, they probably thought, we can't go the whole way, yeah. but, but so they came up with Suella. So now listen, what about, so Triumph on the Chase, has Mastermind ever come a-knocking? I've done Mastermind twice, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, second both times. Ooh, that's got to hurt. That's second by hurt. one point. The second one I time I did it by one point. Talk us through it. First time was back in the days when it was a proper show. <laughs> <laughs> with, with difficult questions. Uh, and, you know, if you chose a celebrity subject... That was it. You went away and um, revised it. Now, when you do it, you, you choose a celebrity subject and they'll say, well, it's a bit too broad. We'll do, can you do this? And you'll say, OK. And then they'll say, well, read, these, read this book. All the questions will be out of the book kind of thing. So it, it, This is the kind of behind-the-scenes knowledge that they love, isn't it? Also, there were proper celebrities when I did it. OK, yes, yes. Who now was I, in it with you well, first Well, I had time? Jermaine Greer. Proper celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Who I beat. Yes. Good. Bill Oddie. Oh. And he wasn't even doing birds. He was doing the history of jazz. Oh. Big subject. That's a, That's a lot of topic. depth, isn't there? A lot of depth to Bill Oddie. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I can't remember who the other guest was, um, but I did James Bond. It was back when I was, I'd been uh, commissioned by the Ian Fleming estate to write a series of young James Bond books. And it was the only time in my life that I had a specialist subject. 
because I was so immersed in the world of James Bond. So I chose James Bond. And uh, full marks on James Bond, thank God, because mm. the James Bond fans wouldn't have allowed me to write any James book, Bond books if yes. I hadn't. <laughs> uh, but yes, I was beaten by Bill Oddy. Wow. Who was just, you know, I mean, he was spectacular. I mean, he, he, the jazz ones rattled them off. The general knowledge, too. I mean, he was... Uh, yeah, well, if you're going to be beaten by someone, Bill Oddie is not a bad person to go out to. I would say there's no shame there. But who who beat you the second time? Very much like my partner on Pointless Celebrities, <laughs> I have wiped her name from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's probably better that way. But the way, clips will be out there on... Uh, what was your special subject? I'm not subject? sure they even bothered to put it up. It wasn't a, it wasn't a classic show on any of <laughs> I did... Well, I did classic... I, first of all, I said, can I do Western films? Um, not knowing they had this new system. And they said, no, that's way too broad. Uh, can you do classic classic Westerns of the 50s and 60s? I said, yeah, OK. Because I wanted to do something I, I actually knew something about. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we'll send you... I think it was about 15 DVDs. So, you know, it was a result in that I got to watch all these classic yeah. Westerns, which was brilliant. But then, you see, now they do... You know, they weren't asking interesting, important questions... <laughs> <laughs> not only the films. other contestants coming in for it now the question you know, was, sessions are was, having a hard time it was it? things like observation questions you know, what colour hat is so and so wearing and this you think yeah. that is not an important question about the history of westerns in cinema no, what colour hat someone was wearing it lacks play along ability at home because you know the they haven't been given the DVDs no. to watch no that is a poor choice of question I'll mm. stand by that but I went out on a, on a stupid answer on um, well let's see if the, I mean because I, I slightly misheard the question and thought thought it was more complicated than it actually was. So when I did Mastermind the first time, Vic Reeves had been on shortly before me. <laughs> and he said, you're all right until you get a question wrong. Because all you can think about when he's asking the next question is, oh, yes, of course, I knew that. I should have mm. said that. And then, oh, he's asked a new question. And you're still thinking, and what did he say exactly? And, it, yeah. and you go to pieces. And it slightly happened with me. I was thinking about the previous question. And he asked a question. I thought he'd said, what are all the ingredients of a pink lady? Uh, okay. But actually, he'd said, what are the alcoholic, what is the alcoholic ingredient of a pink lady? And I knew it was gin. But wow. for some reason, I got confused and said vodka. Oh, oh dear. I've never even heard of a pink lady a version of a white lady I'd have got that wrong yeah. that is oh, heartbreaking it was, it was heartbreaking but it's it? a very oh, good no. see Jenny, really Jenny has talked about this before <laughs> yeah. about the the terror or yeah. the yeah, yeah they, we call it on the chase the pass spiral so you do see it when a contestant is asked one and they give something that might only be slightly wrong or they've, they've misspoken. And then the next question, they don't hear any of yeah, it and yeah. they have to pass it. And then they hear a little and they've, they've just kind of tuned out. It's like um, it reminds me of in movies when um, a bomb's gone off nearby and you get that bit where the ears are ringing and they're looking around in bewilderment. There's a bit of that. You see that mm. sort of shell shock in yeah. the eyes of contestants. Well, we were they've talking gone into the spiral. The I mean, spiral. I mean, Bradley's pretty good because he will do a sort of... You knew that one, didn't you? And it kind of gives you a, a breathing space. Yeah, he's a, up, he, he is very generous, almost to a fault sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the other day about um, when David Lammy was on Mastermind... And he got loads of stick. I think it's very difficult if you're a politician, you know, you don't want to look like a fool. But he, you could just see it was like such a perfect example of the past spiral yeah. in action that he just, just, he was circling that drain uh. and there was nothing he could do to claw himself back. 
It's heartbreaking to watch. But anyway, sorry to have... Um, <laughs> heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. I know, I, know. I really feel like uh, we should move on yeah, to happier it's things. It's heartbreaking about David Lammy, but screw the little kids for charity. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, we, we, we always say we really want the contestants, especially on the celebrity version to be good enough to beat us and you're given all you're given every opportunity there you're offered lots of money you're offered some nice questions that might be about things that you're interested in sometimes Mm. um and you're also sometimes got lots of humans on your team rather than a a fox (laughs) yes but you did pretty well. well you did all you right. You did all right. With, you know, and you've made a lot of money out of quizzing for charity over the years, so you've done very well. Now, we would like to start our quizzing of you now. <laughs> uh, and Jenny has devised a game. So, uh, as you may know, Charlie, on this show, often we think of the title first and then work the game out next. Absolutely. It's always yes, the which, way. Which sometimes can go horribly wrong. Yes. <laughs> With you, we were like, Charlie, we don't know. So, do you want questions tell us? about cocaine? Yes. <laughs> In London town. <laughs> what t- did we decide to call this game, Jenny? In a fit of desperation <laughs> or inspiration, while we were sitting eating a doner kebab, mm-hmm. um, I came up with the Higson and her. <laughs> For our younger listeners. Uh, <laughs> yes, th- so they're based on, uh, well, not quite based on, uh, the cult TV show of the late 80s, early 90s, The Hitman and Her, in which the classic duo of Pete Waterman, record producer, and um, latter-day animal expert Michaela Strachan would go around provincial nightclubs. That was it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. It was, it was on ITV's Night Network... Younger viewers may not know this, but uh, <laughs> late night TV once didn't exist. It got to it got to 11 p.m. You had to go to bed. There was nothing on, and then night network happened, and this sort of thing was, I would say, essential viewing, but. It was the only viewing. <laughs> they were a captive audience. Um, they did have games where members of uh, the audience, the, the nightclub goers, I don't know, I'm not down with the kids. Clubbers. <laughs> Clubbers would get up and play silly games. So very much inspired some of our antics on our live shows. We're going to be inspired by the music of the era if not the music they were listening to in the clubs. I'm going to give you some opening lines of songs from the period. Nice. During which the Hitman and her operated, and I can tell you it was on from... I have this written down somewhere. So Charlie's being Pete Waterman, and I'm being Michaela Strachan here. Yes. So between the 3rd of September 1988 and the 5th of December 1992. Cool. They got two hours. It's a two-hour show, basically, of people in uh, Mr. Smith's in Warrington dancing about, getting sweaty. There's someone who's been to Mr. Smith's in Warrington. Were you on the show? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I... That would have been amazing. I, I... I'm terrible on lyrics. I don't listen to lyrics. Well, unlucky, because Miss Kayla Strachan here loves the lyrics. Okay, good. Might need a scorekeeper, in fact. I will defer to my pointless wife. (laughs) (laughs) So the hitman and her can play as a team. Oh, lovely, okay. And the audience can play as a team. Imagine you're in Mr. Smith's. It's 2 a.m. You've had all the water you could possibly drink. (laughs) Uh, so let's say the the hitman and her Hickson and her sorry and <laughs> clubbers 
I'm going to give you some opening lines. Right. You have to tell me the name of the song. Yeah. For a bonus point, the artist. Okay, we're doing it in taking turns? Taking turns, but it will go over for a bonus. Okay, lovely, lovely. Okay, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mm, that's good. Now the tambourine. Right now. Mm. Woo, yeah, DJ. It was said with exactly the same emphasis as the original record. I'll give it you again. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mm, that's good. Now the tambourine. Right now. Mm, woo, yeah, DJ. Oh, God, that is desperately familiar. Mm. Not to me, it's not. <laughs> it's not Parsifal, is it? I know that no. much. Oh, I'm going to have to time you out. Yeah, You're going to have you a might, guess? No. You might have to pass Send that over. one over. Clubbers? It was Buffalo Stance by yes. Naina Cherry. That is two points to the Warrington Clubbers. Oh, the minute you said it. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. audience, you get this one first. You hear me so clearly and see how I try. You feel me, so heal me and tear me apart. It doesn't even rhyme. And I won't tell a soul. I won't tell at all. And do they have to know? Do they have to know? I didn't know that one. It's Goodnight Girl by Wet Wet Wet. Oh! Oh dear, we go back to the stage. Goodness me, right. Mississippi, in the middle of a dry spell. Jimmy Rogers on the Victrola up high. Mama's dancing with a baby on her shoulder. The sun is setting like molasses in the sky. Oh, it's very poetic. It's very poetic. Like that. Absolutely clear, but I know the audience know it, so I'm going to try and stall for as long as possible to uh, deny them the point. Any idea? My mind is completely glazed over. Yeah. Clubbers? We're in a, a pass spiral. Black Velvet by Alana Miles. Oh, well this is going to be a walkover, I feel. Let's go for this one. I know the song, but I wouldn't have known the... It's a human sign when things go wrong, when the scent of her lingers and temptation's strong. Oh, I know that one. Sacrifice, Elton John. It is Sacrifice by Elton John. Well done, well done, audience. Okay, we'll do a couple more. Okay, Hickson and her. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, oh. nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the, the big, big bad, bad city. city. This is Jam Hot. <laughs> this um, is Jam Hot. And she joined in and then totally forgot what it was called. It's. Um, <laughs> I do know it. it is, <laughs> is it a pop song? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is going to kill me. Oh. Uh, help her out, Clubbers. <laughs> it yes, is. Featuring. You. That's uh, an extra bonus point for the featuring Lindy Layton. Oh, okay, well you can round this off, guys, with a, con- a, a complete victory. Spinderella, cut it up one time. Ooh, 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 ah. 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 Come on. <laughs> Correct. Um, I think that was a resounding victory for Mr. Smith's Warrington. Give it up. And you will all get a glow stick uh, <laughs> and some very cheap speed. <laughs> the cheapest. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I must say, I, I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really made me think I must go back and properly listen to some more of those lyrics. They were <laughs> <laughs> the, you were the, too busy. You know, the, the poetry and the properly philosophy clubbing. there was... Uh, there was some lovely stuff in there. Yes. The Hitman and Her, I always remember, it was like they did those games like passing an orange yes. under your chin. Proper and, party games. And sitting and bouncing on balloons to try and pop them. And it was like a bad night in Magaluf. It was. 
Is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't even in Magaluf, you were in Warrington. That's the yeah. absolute killer. But well, I wish you can get a taxi home. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was enjoyable, but I feel like I haven't strengthened my case to be Charlie's next pointless wife. Absolutely not. Which I'm worried well, about. Well, you, you, you were closer to getting them than I was. I mean, it's kind of you to say so. I normally think... No, I was being kind. You were shit as well. Yeah, I was shit. Yeah, <laughs> you were just Bradley Walshing each other there. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that really, though, didn't you? Yeah, oh, you knew it really. You're a better player than that. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Shall we do another quiz on you, which I think you will do better at? <laughs> okay. Um, you've do got worse. to do better, yeah. Do worse. After all, we got zero points on the last <laughs> one. Because uh, we're going to move on to another era of your career that yes. uh, is one of my absolute favourite things of all time, The Far Show. All right. Yeah. <laughs> which were your favourite characters to do in The Far Show? To play myself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were all great fun. The painter was a lot of fun to do mm. because, A, we went to some beautiful places to, to film them. Um, B, it was great uh, to work with Arabella. She was such a brilliant partner on that. C, the, 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 the lines and, and the, the really strange poetical lines were written by this guy called Brendan O'Casey who lived on a farm in Devon uh, and, and used to send these extraordinary scripts in. But mainly, I could do the sketch and then go absolutely bonkers yes. <laughs> and throw things around and smash things up. And we couldn't rehearse those bits because we didn't know where they were going to go. So, um, and Arabella didn't know either. And I would try to make her laugh. Yes. There was only one time I, I managed to crack her. Just the one time I came up with a line just before we were about to do it. We were talking about, in the sketch, a picnic. And so the, the props guys had given us a picnic. And I noticed there were two like, mini pork pies there. Uh, and I thought, oh, yes, I can think of something to do with them. I bet I'll see if I can get Arabella on this. So when it all kicked off, I picked up these pork pies and sort of jammed them into my eye sockets. <laughs> and said, my eyes! <laughs> 
my eyes are pies <laughs> and yours are lies. <laughs> and I got her. You've got us again now. That's uh, <laughs> fabulous. Well, I have written a quiz right. about a different uh, set of Farsha characters. Uh, Ted and Ralph. Right. Who well, that was great fun to play as well. I loved that. Paul hated it. Did he? Oh. He always said he was bored stiff. Well, he, he just stood there while I went off in great flights of fantasy <laughs> around him. And, and he'd sort of look at the floor and occasionally sort of raise an eyebrow and say, I wouldn't know about that, sir. Um, <laughs> and listen to me blithering on. Well, uh, we absolutely loved it. And it has inspired the quiz Ted and or Ralph. Okay. So these are questions about people called Ted, people called Ralph. Okay. Or both. Okay. Should we do this, you and Jenny playing? against each other with audiences player three how about that let's, let's do that what three teams we've got here because i want to get my revenge <laughs> yes this is true this is for the the honor that she lost on the on the chase it's my um, first ever loss on the celebrity chase would you like was it yeah. was it oh i feel so sorry for you now <laughs> <laughs> my ass <laughs> Which charity were you playing for? Can you remember? Uh, I think it was the, um, the, the reading agency. Oh, good. Who do work with, well, literacy and particularly with libraries. Good, there oh, you go. Terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> she hates reading. Oh, she can't bear it. I'll start with you then, Jenny. Would you like a Ralph question or a Ted question or a both question? Oh, I'll go Ted, please. Ted, okay. Big Ted and Little Ted were stars of which BBC children's programme? Play school. It was. Well done, point to Jen. Uh, would you rather have a Ralph or a Ted question or a both? I'm going to go with a Ralph question because I think that probably it's a narrower field. <laughs> oh, I've got, okay, got a few Ralphs. Ralph Macchio stars in which TV show described as a sequel to the Karate Kid movies? Oh, what is it called? It's got... <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen her this happy. I really haven't. Oh, I, don't know. I was channeling the beast. Dragon stance. Or Ooh, it's you're very, very close. It, the name of it is Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Oh, that's the one. A, okay, so I knew there was a scary animal. It's a reptile uh, of some kind. You're going to go Ted or Ralph, um, uh, Jen? I'm going to stick with Ted. Stick with Ted. Why not? <sighs> They're all a bit easier. <laughs> I've realised I've made a terrible error here. You shouldn't have given me the choice. You should yeah, have just picked, 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 All right. picked whatever you want. Um, give her a Ralph. I'm going to give you a both. I'm going to give her Ooh, a both. Oh, both. Oh, hello. The film's Ted, Seth MacFarlane's comedy about a teddy bear come to life, and Wreck-It Ralph, a Disney animation about video game characters, were both released in 2012. True. But yeah. <laughs> But which one took more at the box office? Both big hits in 2012, but which one yeah, but more was highest grossing? We'll go a couple of times to see a family movie, so I'm going to go Wreck It Ralph. Oh, you are wrong. Uh, Wreck It Ralph did gross $496 million, it's which not is to be good, sniffed at. But Ted grossed $549 million and is actually the second highest grossing adult comedy movie of all time, second what? only to The Hangover Part 2. <laughs> Okay, advantage. Well, you're both neck and neck now, aren't you? Yep. So, Charlie, would you like... I'm zero. Would you like a <laughs> Ralph or a Ted or a both? 
Well, you shouldn't have told me that the Ted questions were easier, <laughs> should you? I'd go Ted if I were you. I'll go, I'll go for a Ted. Okay. Uh, who plays Ted Lasso in the hit TV show? Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> or... <laughs> oh. Or you could have Conversations with a Killer is a recent TV show about which American serial killer? You can answer either of those uh, questions. Which is your favourite Ted out of yeah. those? <laughs> is that Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> no, it's a Ted, Ted Bundy. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jen, do you want to... In fact, I'll give the audience. Do you want to take the Ted Lasso question? Jason Sudeikis straight in there. Okay. Jen, a Ralph question. British artist Ralph Steadman is best known for illustrating the works of which American writer? Ooh, this is good. Uh, it rings a bell with me, and he does drawings for... Um, oh, I'm going to have to throw it over. Go on. Ooh, ooh, Go on, ooh. Charlie. Well, Hunter S. Thompson. It is Hunter it S. Thompson. Is. Ooh, it's getting interesting now. Okay, I, I'm going to say that you're neck and neck. I can't actually remember. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a final question. This can be to you, Charlie. Who has the longest full name? Rafe is spelt Ralph, so I'm ca counting him as a Ralph. Rafe Ralph Fines or Ted Danson? <laughs> Who has the longest full name? Ralph Fines or Ted Danson? Including middle names. Including middle names. They both have middle names, well, but who has more of them? Um, Rafe Fines is a sort of bloke you'd think might have a lot of Ponzi family-based names in the mm -hmm. middle there. But Americans are nuts. <laughs> so true. So I'm not sure I can apply logic, but I'll go with Rafe Fines. You are correct. Oh. It's Ralph Nath oh, Rafe, sorry, Nathaniel Twistleton Wickham finds. <laughs> He's not posh. That's not uh, a real. That's not a real person. That's a uh, fictional character. <laughs> and uh, Ted Danson is Edward Bridge Danson the Third. I knew it was at a third, but I would have yeah, said Theodore. So it's quite a chunky name. Well, I think there we can declare that once again Charlie Higson has beaten the vixen. <laughs> I, f I feel I was given a bit of leeway. <laughs> you, you know, you claimed a rightful victory. I literally no idea what the points were there, but I think it was uh, it was well played, and nobody fell out, so that's nice. No, we fell out yet. No, there is time. We could all have a drink. <laughs> so I would now like to move on to talking about your current projects and one in yes. particular that we love, which is your history podcast. Yes, Willy Willy. I, loved, I just love saying Willie. Willie, Willie, Harry, Stee, yes. <laughs> Which is based on a, a, a rhyme that I learned in the 60s when I was at school as a way of remembering the Br English stroke British, whatever you call them, monarchs, from William I through to... Well, back then it was through to Elizabeth II. And it's Willie, Willie, Harry, Stee, Harry, Dick, John, Harry, three, one, two, three, Neds, Richard, two, Edwards, four, five, six, then who, etc. It started back in lockdown for me... You know, when lockdown started, people thought, oh, you know, I might read Proust or learn Russian <laughs> or, or, or do... But, but most people found it very hard to concentrate, I think, and actually take on anything major. Mm. And they went back to familiar films, familiar books they'd read before, mm -hmm. and, and um, you know, rather than taking on new stuff. But so, so yes, I, I thought, well, I'm going to relearn this rhyme properly, and I'm also going to learn who all these people were and what they did and how they fitted together and how you, how you got from one to the other. Because I had, 
like most people, have sort of glimpses of it and some vague idea. Yeah. But, um, but it is an extraordinary story. And, and also, it was slightly to counter... And I think it's because Elizabeth did live so long and had a relatively stable reign. It's, you know, in, in the sort of tabloids and the Daily Expresses and the Daily Telegraphs of this world, there's this idea that the British monarchy is this lovely, stately, regal procession and that the likes of Harry are messing it all up with their terrible behaviour. But when you look back <laughs> at English history, I mean, these kings were nutcases a lot of them, they were extremely violent and nasty, and it was not a stately progression from one to the other. They were killing each other, sticking red-hot pokers up their arses, and, and, and kicking people out of the way. And I, and I, I thought that's a really interesting story, and I, and, I, and, I, and I learnt it. And to keep myself sane as I went to bed at night, I'd start with William I and think, OK, he was... He was a Norman and he came over with, a, with the invasion and he de- defeated Harold and then his son William came to the throne. So I would work my way through them as a, as a, as a narrative and mm-hmm. nod off before the Hanoverians, luckily. <laughs> uh, I've got interested in history over the, over the... Well, probably over the last ten years. I was asked to host a sort of comedy history quiz at the... There's a big history festival in the Chalk Valley. And I did a quiz and they said, well, while you're here, do you want to give a talk about something? And I'm, I gave a talk on James Bond. Yeah. It being my specialist subject, the sort of the origin, you know, historical origins of where it all came from, and ever since then, over the years, I do the quiz every year, and I do a historical talk of some sort. So I did get very interested. You know, there's a big debate in history about between the idea of narrative history is seen as being a bit old-fashioned, mm-hmm. and the history, you know, you need to look at say, women in history or colonialism or the lives of ordinary people, which we should look at, and those are all really important. But a sort of emphasis on that has led to people not really knowing what happened when and, and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've done a sort of quite old school... <laughs> it's a very long answer to your question. Uh, <laughs> an old school narrative approach. I start with the first Willie and, and work my way through. Um, I talk for about half an hour and then I get a proper guest historian on to talk about for half an hour. And it's been, it's been brilliant meeting the historians and talking to them. I know what they like. What I enjoy about it, I'm not a royalist particularly, but it is like an amazing, as you say, it's an amazing way to understand the history mm. of Britain, you know, and to work out what happened when, and and because you know, I have snapshots of sort of thinking, oh, Richard the first was, you know, was amazing, and and then you listen to the podcast and you go, no, he was an absolute arsehole. <laughs> um, quite a lot of the time, so it kind of it, it brings the people to life but you do get that sort of whole backdrop of, mm. of British history and what have been some revelations for you through doing it yeah I mean I've been learning as I go along I've been doing the classic teacher thing of being like three pages ahead in the textbook um, but I you know I, I wanted to find out more and so I, I knew quite a lot I was quite interested in the sort of early early medieval period but as we've gone through it I've, I, each episode is is a is a revelation to me. And, you know, some kings, as you say, that you'd, I thought, oh, they were great guys. It turned out they weren't. And others, you think, well, they were a bit of a non-entity, not worth thinking about, turn out to be some of the more interesting ones. Yeah, like Edward the Fourth, knew nothing about. And then I was like, yeah. just middle Edward, you know. Yeah, but, um, you know, a key figure in the Wars of the Roses. Yeah. Um, Henry the Third. Most people say, tell me three things about Henry the Third. Well, he was called Henry and he was the third. Oh, beyond that, most people don't know. But he was the son of King John. And, and actually, it was during his reign that the sort of 
pretty much considered the birth of modern modern Parliament. This guy Simon de Montfort, who um, started a great civil war against him for on behalf of the people and and Parliament. Yeah, Leicester. Leicester. That's all I've got. Would you Montfort. say Simon de Montfort? Yeah. I go Leicester. Yeah. Yes. That's how I respond to history. <laughs> and what's really interesting is Simon de Montfort. And well, I've learned a lot about him in terms of revelations. You know, he is to Montfort University in Leicester, um, as I think that's where he was. That was where his power base was, or whatever. And you know, because he was considered the sort of great, 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 great grandfather of Parliament. You know, it was everybody was naming things after him. But now people are saying, but he was an incredible anti-Semite who slaughtered hundreds if not thousands of Jews and tried to get them kicked out of the country so now people are thinking maybe we need to change the name of de Montfort you know, yes. so, you know it's, it, it, it is interesting it is a fascinating it's a brilliant podcast and I love the fact so you sometimes do little specials like that are kind of about other sort of areas yeah, of history so as well um, but one flaw that we have identified with it of course oh is there's a flaw that you've done all, you know you're doing all the kings and queens there comes a point where there aren't any more yeah yeah because I'm just I'm about halfway through now I've got up to Henry VIII uh, and I think sort of an early spring I will get to Charles III at which point I'll see I mean you know it's history so I can talk about anything really if, if people you know if it keeps growing the way it is and people are still enjoying it I'll probably go back and start again and and look at other interesting people along the way. And you've done some live ones. Well, I did one live one um, in the summer at at the Chalk Valley History Festival, where I had you know a fun panel, and we talked about the best and worst British monarchs. And we had a big audience there, and of course we we brought them in. This is quite a sort of mainstream history festival. <laughs> who do you think they the sort of pub the popular vote went for? Who are best loved? Stroke best British monarch. No. Elizabeth II, indeed. She's well loved by everybody because essentially she didn't do anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched watched every series of The Crown, and that's true. (laughs) And that was her great skill. You know, we remember the likes of Henry VIII because he did a lot and was a psychopath. (laughs) Um, and a big figure but you know Elizabeth II kept her head down tried not to have any scandal tried to keep the status quo I mean you know I think she did do quite a lot behind the scenes in trying to keep things relatively stable but essentially we love her because she kept her mouth shut yeah. Well, also, it's like whenever they do polls of the greatest records of all time, it's always the most recent. Whatever's been in the charts most recently. <laughs> mm. I remember there was... <laughs> I went to... Uh, God, it must have been late 90s, maybe. The greatest sitcom of all time vote. And do you know what came out on top, number one? Yes. Men Behaving Badly, indeed. Yeah. Which was a huge hit at the time, and Martin Clunes, who I'd, I'd worked with on a few things, I did Harry Enfield stuff with him. He was a bit of a friend, and he was there, and, and we went to the loo at the same time. He says, a bloody disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show, but no way is it the greatest sitcom of all time. Oh, no, bless. I'm trying to think what is, but we'll come back to that. Yeah. Who was the worst monarch? Who was the least liked? 
Well, Henry VIII came up a lot. I started gunning for Mary, Queen Mary I, mm. but we had a female historian on, Leander Delisle, who gave a very, very spirited defence of her, saying she got a lot of stick because she was our first female monarch, and people didn't like that. Uh, in fact, David Mitchell, who I've had on a guest last week, he was on, has written a book called Unruly, and one of his big things in there is that he thinks that calling her Bloody Mary is mis- misogynist compared to Henry VIII, who really was bloody. But I, I felt she language. was a little bit reactionary trying to bring back Catholicism and all that. But um, And obviously Richard III, although that, that swings both ways. Yeah. Edward VIII, yes. But I mean, you know, luckily he didn't have a chance to actually do a lot of damage. (laughs) (laughs) He would have been an absolutely disastrous king. And the Second World War might well have gone in a completely different direction. I mean, that's quite a good podcast, though, because presumably you get to do quite a short one and then take the day off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would, but, you know, there was so much going on then. Yeah. It was a fascinating period, the 1930s. It was a busy time. Of, you know, where throughout Europe you were getting these extreme movements. People were going either fascist or communist. And, you know, there was this idea that the, the, the monarchy and the, the sort of elite were leaning towards fascism because they were leaving the monarchs in place, keeping that going. And England, you know, the, the sort of Cambridge types were really pushing for a shift towards the left, the likes of Oswald Mosley wanting to go to the right. And so Winston Churchill, who was a divisive figure, and people were thinking... He's the kind of guy who might end up as one of these dictators. Yeah. Keep him out. We need a very bland prime minister who can, you know, who's a good committee man, mm. not going to be extremist, very, very bo- boring. And um, so that's who they put in power. I had a little suggestion for if you do finish doing monarchs, uh, popes. <laughs> popes, yeah. I mean, they're great because they do keep coming into the story. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they were right rumble. There's some good Pope facts. Pope, <laughs> Go on then. Pope Formosus, he huh? died and was buried in 896, but then he was dug up, tried and found guilty of something uh, the next year, <laughs> and they cut his blessing finger off and threw him in a river. <laughs> I don't know where that was going then. Pope John... <laughs> <laughs> Pope John the 23rd from 14... 14- 10 to 1415, was an ex-pirate. Pope Stephen II served for just one day in 752. (laughs) I mean, that would be a really short podcast episode. Well, this is the problem with the popes. There were so many of them because there's this idea that, you know, the the existing pope lives, is in the position forever until they die. So the next pope in line... You know, say the Pope dies at 90, the next one's like 87. (laughs) There was something like seven Popes during Henry VIII's life. It's a very good podcast subject then, because you can carry on forever. Yeah. All I'm saying is... I'll just whip through. I want to hear you doing Popes. (laughs) (laughs) Top of the Popes. Um, (laughs) Right, so now I think the time has come for... uh, Of all the roles that you've played, so now, brilliant podcaster, obviously actor, writer novelist you know game show host how do you feel about that as a role you know a game show host is not for me i <laughs> i don't i don't really like on the whole i don't really like talking to people <laughs> and um you had tim vine on in the last episode and it was 
all about, you know, you pad these shows out with chats with the, the audience. And on some shows like Generation Game, that's what it's all about. <laughs> I like ones where they just ask questions. Yes. University Challenge, there's lots and lots of questions. They don't waste any time getting really to talking, getting to... You, you yeah. get to know the contestants through the way they answer the questions. And I find yeah. that much more interesting. So I would, I would love to be a quiz show host, which was mainly asking questions and being nasty to people. <laughs> but the game show host where you've got to be sort of jovial and uh, man of the people is not for me. Well, maybe it is time to bring back cruel quizzing like the Anne Robinson, because, you know, everything's yes. got a bit nice and, you know, Bradley and Zander and everything's very... So maybe you could be at the vanguard. Yes. You could be the boss. You could be the Henry VIII. <laughs> Yeah. Of quizzing, just killing everyone and shagging people and <laughs> eating chicken off the boat. The job sounds better and, and better. writing green sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> and writing I'd, green yeah, sleeves. I, I, could be that, musical. I could be that kind of quiz host. Um, now, so we do have a quiz which Amanda has written, which I think is under there somewhere. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but it's at the back of the thing. I did see the questions. So uh, this don't, is. Don't peek. See, I would quite like the contestant chat to just be long, awkward silences. <laughs> in fact, do you remember when um, Ken Bruce was on Radio 2 and you used to get the guest host standing in on Popmaster? Oh, excruciating. <sighs> and Because Ken oh. was so good at the banter and then you get some of the guest hosts and it would be painful. Even seasoned professionals. Yeah, I know. Would know. be terrible with just members of the public yeah. who it's only wanted to talk about their pop passions. But yeah, I think make a virtue of that. Right, so this is a King Charles-themed quiz for Charlie to quiz Jenny and Lucy on. <laughs> is that the title of it? I mean, it's, it's a, a long title. Needs work. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Charlie. Ah. proper Charlie. A proper Charlie. Woo, welcome. I don't know, with some music behind me. <laughs> I'm going I'm to stick with a King Charles-themed quiz <laughs> for Charlie to quiz Jenny and Lucy on. <laughs> what do I do? Do I, throw, do I do this one by one or throw it open to you or what? Whatever you like, really. I like this. is good grumpiness. I like this. This is a very good. This is I'm not sure this has been properly thought you've through. You've got a good energy going. Do do one at one, one each, at a time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll go with you first. Then, Lucy Porter. Yeah. He said that with such contempt. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's like Peter <laughs> Rabbit. <Yeah. laughs> Question one. Yeah. Why wouldn't King Charles I kiss his bride, Henrietta Maria of France, at their wedding in May 1625 in front of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris? Because she had terrible breath. Uh, why wouldn't he kiss her? It will be something like he was already dead. They arranged no. the marriage. No. He'd had a hell of a stag night. They did a lot of um, weird things in history, the monarchs, but I don't think any dead ones got married. <laughs> But he was there, but he wouldn't kiss no, her. No, you've had your time. Her Jenny. nose had fallen no, off. No, you've had your time. Because <laughs> he was waiting till they were back in jolly old blighty. <laughs> well, almost. The answer... Does anyone know in the audience? She Not too young. That didn't bother the monarchs. No. She was at the wedding. Oh. He wasn't. He was in England. I'll, I'll take oh. half a point. He sent up. a proxy to stand in for him. <laughs> <laughs> he sent a cardboard cutout of what's happened. <laughs> he had more interesting, important matters of state to deal with. Uh, they only met a few months uh, after the wedding. Oh, that's like one of those reality shows. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I've been watching that. That's good. Question two. This is for you, 
Jenny. What crime was King Charles I tried and executed for? Oh, oh. What was um, the actual crime? Tax evasion. Him. No, that was Al Capone. <laughs> uh, they, had um. to, they had to accuse him of something. He was the only... Sedition. It's mm, a good word, though. No. Treason. You're, you're, Heresy. Go back one. Treason. Treason it was, hey. yes. The only king to be found guilty of treason. Uh, in January so 1649 okay. by Oliver Cromwell. Lucy. Yes. What was King Charles II's nickname? It's Cheeky Charlie. Jolly, jolly, merry. Yes, merry. The merry monarch. The merry monarch, indeed. Oh, you love, I love a little bit I, of alliteration. I think I might have heard that on your podcast. Who knows? I wouldn't have done because it's not been out yet, but I, I feel like I... <laughs> He, he was pretty merry, but towards the end of his life, like most monarchs, he descended into terrible diseases and <laughs> and and melancholy. Just to just to bring. I'm loving the downbeat sort of yeah. feel of this. Yeah, this is not the generation game. I love it, <laughs> Jenny. In 1661, King Charles II took revenge on Oliver, on Oliver Cromwell for executing his father Charles I. But what made this act of vengeance slightly more complicated? 1661. Oliver Cromwell was already dead. Yes. Oh. Ah, you answered that other one too Somebody early. Somebody was yeah. already dead. So what did they do? Did with he him? have to dig him up and then hang, draw, and quarter him, and then Ooh. throw him in the Thames or something? Yeah, he was dug up. I think he was hung, and his head was put on a spike outside Westminster Hall. And it was there until 1685. Yeah, they would have put tar on it, wouldn't they? Yeah, keep and it, then keep it fresh. Well, it went into private ownership after that. <laughs> and it's here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't properly reburied until 1960. Blimey. Lucy. Yes. Why did King Charles III's gift of a bottle of scotch sent to Ozzy Osbourne as a get-well present in 2003 anger Ozzy's wife, Sharon? Because she's a miserable cat. Sharon! Um, uh, Partly. That's probably not the right answer uh, because because uh, he's a recovering alcoholic. Exactly so, yes. Yep, Jimmy Savile doesn't come into it. Question six. <laughs> what? It's, it's such a cheerful quiz. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> See, these modern questions don't quite have the, the depth and goriness of yeah, the dead bodies more heads in on the past. <laughs> yeah, bring back the fun monarchy. <laughs> What kind of biofuel did Charles III use to run his Aston Martin after it was given as a 21st birthday gift by his mum? Jeez. Methane. Mm, no. The fuel can come in a bottle or a box. Wine. Yes. <laughs> what? It ran from biofuel made from surplus English wine. Oh. <laughs> Which is most English wine. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> There was a lot of it. <laughs> I'd have had it. I know you would. By yeah. the box. Yeah, I would, yeah. Just siphoning it off the and tank. And instead, he started his own wine label, which was mostly petrol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the last question. Oh. It's I a tiebreak, because I'll throw it open. Ooh, you can do a buzzer, okay? Lovely. Okay. You got buzzer noises? Uh, I'm not going to hear you just tapping the arm. Maybe it should be royal, royal themed. Treason! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those are the two forms of monarch Treasonous or corgi loving yeah. Okay, you've got corgi Jenny and uh, Treason Lucy's got treason 
Which King Charlie had an endangered species of Ecuadorian tree frog named after them? Corgi, the third one. King Charles III, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I don't think there was Ecuador at the time of the other ones. <laughs> the frog was named as the Hylos Curtis Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Delightful. The new fella on University Challenge, he, he reads the questions out extremely well and snappily and fast. He's like very fast. That. Amol. He's very good on that. Gets yes. a lot of questions in, Amol does. I think he's great, but I do miss the idea. It always had the feeling of a crusty, grumpy old Oxbridge Don and a lot of <laughs> eager students trying to show off to him. <laughs> yes. It's got slightly more of a, of a pub quiz vibe now. Mm. Yeah, well, but he's I, closer in age to the students yes, than Yes, exactly. But Jeremy I do... Well, yeah, but Bamba Gascoigne, when he started... Yeah. Tiny, Tiny baby something. child, yeah. he yeah. was ba- barely more than a student himself. Yeah. How old was he? Like, in his 20s, I think. I mean, he was I a little... May, maybe even younger. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he was one of those guys who was kind of old all his life, wasn't he? I also end of quiz, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we just, just end every episode yeah, with a yeah, reminisce. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what it would be? The camera would just pan away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the credits would gently roll. <laughs> the lights go off you and you're going to silhouette. How old is Bamba Gascoigne? <laughs> I also miss the timpani. I wish they'd bring yes. that back. Yes. Well, they might do it. Yeah, might do it for. I think hour. most TV things should have the timpani. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for joining us tonight. (laughs) That was another edition of a King Charles themed quiz for Charlie to quiz Jenny and Lucy on. Thank you very much, our our host and our guest for the evening, Charlie Higson. Getting a standing ovation from back there. That was. uh... He wants to be first in the lose. (laughs) I think a sort of a less frantic, manic upbeat quiz would be a great thing I think you're absolutely right something that's a little bit more jazz <laughs> yeah a little bit more sort of oh you know like I Bill think the, I think the word you're form. searching for is old <laughs> yes that's it we're getting terribly old um, that was tremendous fun and I look forward to hearing more of your monarchy podcast if you want to do popes that's out there our audience may have other suggestions for podcasts they would like to see you do and I think that definitely the TV companies will be chomping at the bit to commission a Charles based <laughs> quiz for <laughs> Lucy and Jen well, we'll, we'll work on time to see if we can make it a bit longer but you have been a delight and a joy oh, well, um, I've really enjoyed it thank you please give it up for our guest Mr Charlie Hickson And you have all been not only a brilliant audience, but very knowledgeable. Um, if you want to sort of scramble for the Nick Knowles Who Dares Wins board game. Russ Abbott is not of... available. We've got Leo Lyons, which I think are supposed to be Percy Pigs. Yeah, so if you want to just, if you want it to turn into a physical fight now, then that's absolutely fine by us. But thank you very much for coming to this very special recording at the wonderful Museum of Comedy of Fingers on Buzzers! <laughs> Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.